Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me as always. Neil Orfield from Stochastic, the high-stakes podcast. On the contrary, the NFL strategy tournament show. Plenty of stuff going on. The, the, the Fantasy Cruncher settings videos and the showdown stuff. And then you're... you're you're doing you're doing more I, I think these days you're doing more content than I am. I might be. I'm doing a ton of con- I mean, Mondays and Thursdays in particular doing the showdown stuff with the two videos on demand plus the article I'm writing plus the live before lock. It's a lot of content. Uh Mondays, Thursdays being my biggest days. And then of course I come on this show on Mondays, so uh yeah, it's uh tends to be a fairly busy day. And then yeah, I do two tournament strategy shows where I'm the analyst. I do on the contrary where I'm the host. I do high stakes where I'm the host. Um yeah, and then now I'm now I'm on the Sunday Night Football Live Before Lock as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been keeping busy. Although this week though, it's uh, I, I get a little bit of a break here. Uh, we are doing the the matchup show that uh, happens every week. Instead of doing my Thursday or Wednesday morning strategy show, they're doing the matchup show for Thanksgiving on Wednesday. And then instead of doing on the contrary on Friday, they're doing the matchup show for the main slate on Friday. So I I get a little bit of a reprieve this week with Thanksgiving schedule. So that'll give you time to save your entire Saturday night to late swap in MMA. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'll be doing. No, I'll be I'll be celebrating. We're actually hosting my wife's family for Thanksgiving on Saturday. So uh, probably not well, going to be no playing MMA. MMA. This, this coming Saturday, there's no MMA. Oh, there is none. Okay. No. Right. So you don't have to worry yeah. about it. No, no swapping. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing that they announced DraftKings late swap for MMA. People are up in arms. You have the casual people, the slappies, the swap slappies, as I call them, parading around for their eight dollars. Is now like, oh, but what happens if I, I want us if someone's mid card cancellation, which happens like three times a year, maybe? Uh, and then all the people that have an edge, like myself, or people that can set up systems to late swap and optimize, they're like, I don't want to spend six hours doing this. I, this is. Like, dude, we have enough of an edge with, with no late swap. Why now yeah. I have to just hang around and do this all, knowing that other people are going to do it. So now you feel like if you don't, you're giving up something. And then, of course, the first slate they haven't enacted, the fucking main event gets canceled mid-card. Yeah, it's the worst worst possible outcome for those of us who want them to get rid of late swap is, of course, the very first slate. It's like, glad we had late swap. This is the perfect, this is the exact scenario that they wanted late swap for. So for those of us who are hoping that they'll get rid of it after all the backlash, uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But you could still cash that minus 5,000 ticket on them fucking it up the first slate. Yeah, so I, so funny thing about that. So I was not planning on playing the slate at all. I literally hadn't entered anything, was looking at it. So I, I do the Saturday strategy show with Greg, which starts at noon central time, which was the exact uh, time that the MMA slate started. So we're literally three minutes before the slate. I'm looking, I'm like, huh, a lot of these contests are not going to fill. I wasn't planning on playing, but I'll, I'm thinking about it a little bit. And then Greg brought up, he was like, I think that there's, you know, at least a 20% chance that they fuck it up. And that they're going to have to refund all the entry fees and it's going to be a free roll anyway. And I was like, you're right. Like I'm, I'm giving up edge, but like on top of like the fact that there's a little bit of overlay, uh, there wasn't actually overlay. It was pretty close to filling the main contest, which is the only one I played. But I was like, I, I'm going to have so much FOMO if this ends up being a free roll. And you're absolutely right that there is a very good chance. So I ended up playing like 11 lineups in the main contest is all I did last second. And the only decision that I made going in was, uh, okay, I'm going to, 
push off everybody that I can that's reasonable. But then there was the the one guy started mid show for us. I forget what his name was. Chase something. Uh, not Chase, Chase Sherman. Sherman. Not Chase Sherman. No, he was. Uh, I forget what his name was, but he's the guy who he only got like 70. He won, but got like 76 fantasy points at like 8,500. Uh, and I had him locked into all 11 of them. I decided, whatever, I'll just eat that, have him in all my lineups. Hope he does well. Um, Greg said that he thought that the guy had like 13 takedowns. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm probably... oh, Brady, he stand right. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I, for some reason, the first round, it's like, oh, he obviously he at least he got three takedowns. And if it's not a takedown, he at least that counts as a reversal or a sweep. And they credited him with like one takedown, nothing else. It's like how, I, I, how how did that work out? Not not very well for me, I'll tell you that, because I had him locked into all my lineups. Uh, so my so my the way my first experience with late swapping went, I was like, I have zero percent chance of winning this contest. Uh, I'm just shooting for min swaps at this point. So I just literally uh, said, okay, I'm gonna switch to or I'm gonna put. Uh, minimum of two players difference in each lineup and use the full salary and just optimize for it. And that was, and I, cause I was like, I'm not going to mess with this. I have no chance of winning anything. All I'm really shooting for at this point is min swap as a uh, min caching. Uh, so I, I didn't really do much with, with the late swap. I just, you know, uh, went to, I'm going to use my full salary and hope for the best, not really pay attention. I did that too. And I backed myself into a 555 win. <laughs> I saw that I backed into, I didn't mean to, but I backed into a 30k bink in the in the because I was just playing I was playing the smaller field stuff so I was playing eight lineups. Of course, I threw them into the main contest, but I wasn't worried about like duplication necessarily, knowing that I got eight lineups. I could sit on the couch. I know the task is at hand. I get I know the projected ownership pretty much. I could adjust for anything. I could visualize what optimal lineups look like after certain fights depending on their salary. You know, that's how I would normally follow the slate and then mm-hmm. swap from there. But the thing with the late swap in MMA of how they screwed it up, they screwed it up in advance and then they screwed it up later. Is in that execution, yeah. That people, I, I, I made tried to make sure people realize that when I did my Friday show, that the fights lock 20 minutes apart, but they don't start at those times. And because... There's typically 25 minutes in between fights, depending on, you know, when the scheduled start time. Like, the first fight will lock at 1, but not start till 110. The second mm-hmm. fight will lock at 120. The first fight's probably still going on. So that, that fight probably won't start till 135. And then the next fight, and then the next fight. So you get this, this until the main card, because then they go back to 4 o'clock for the main card, and the first fight on the main card starts at, like, 410. So okay. like these last fights of the prelims and the last fights of the main card, they're going to lock like two fights in advance. So if you're going in thinking that, oh, I could just go and, and uh, see what I need before the main event and then swap. It's like, you're going to have to think about that like two fights in advance because it's going to lock before then. So, every so you don't time, actually, yeah, so you every, don't have all the information for like for each right. fight. You don't actually have the, all of the information that you would like to have before each fight. Right. So every, every, I had to monitor every lock time so i'm like okay what fight locks this time locks that time and then compare to what happened in the fight so like you go in the first the first was a was a women's fight that pretty much that busted natalia silva put up 85 points at what 8900 or something probably not optimal and blada lost uh and blada was actually decently owned uh i didn't have I, i had i had two silva lineups so like at that point my silva lineups are now pretty much dead for optimal 
So now I'm swapping in those lineups to increase my win equity. So I'm just looking for fighters. To increase your win equity, you're more likely to take fighters that it's going to go to decision, mm-hmm. right? Because then you get the floor of if like, especially underdogs, if they lose, they may still score 45 points, right? Because they didn't get knocked out in the first round or anything. They just lost the decision. So yeah. like I was switching those lineups for min cash equity. And then in the, in the other lineups, I didn't change because I didn't have any more information, but I only had he stand in a lineup or two and he was popular in that mid range. So mm-hmm. once his score came in, I'm like, okay, the, the lineups that have he stand now that's min cash lineups. And the ones that don't, I'm playing for first place, but you have, you can't wait for the fight is to once the fight is over. The next fight is probably locked already. So mm-hmm. you don't have the ability for the next fight to go off. So you have to kind of plan a little in advance and see what the scores are. But the thing is, is that the the main fight, my biggest swap was after the Tercios Natividad fight. I had Natividad, I think, in three out of my eight lineups. And uh, he scored 74 in a loss because that was a crazy fight. Uh, but Tercios scored 116. At what what was he eighty six hundred I yeah eighty six hundred I believe, uh, mm-hmm. so that most likely is going to be optimal. Uh, in large field, not necessarily in small field, but in large mm-hmm. field he's more like he's more likely to be optimal in the in the winning lineup in small field as well. But once I saw that, I'm like, okay, I don't have any Tercios. I literally I didn't play him at all, so I considered all of my lineups to be non winning lineups. So I sw- I was swapping. Jennifer Maya in, who was the the seventy two hundred dollar dog in that Moreau's Maya fight. It was the lowest owned fight on the slate mm-hmm. because it was like it was like minus three sixty to go to decision. Like it was like heavily probable go to decision. Why not get my win at? Why am I playing Chase Sherman or Ian Kutalaba who could easily get knocked out in the first round? They could also score one hundred and twenty points. So like they have yeah. high ceilings, but their win equity. And their floor is much lower. So, like, by the end of it, I had, like, five, six lineups with Jennifer Maya in it. And it just so... And I did it purely to, okay, let me let me get min cash equity on this slate. Yeah, but uh, what happens if she's the only winner underneath 8,000? Yeah, and worked she out was, pretty well. She was optimal, right? So, like, yep. I back into these lineups that have Maya in it, and I have Natividad with 74 points, which beat out some other fighters, and I win the 555... You know, SWAT, once the main event gets canceled, then it's like, okay, now I got Waldo Acosta. Now I have people that I didn't originally have. I can put Cortez Acosta there. I can move up from Fialio to Salikov. And there there you go. I Like, I put in, like, Demopolis I didn't originally have either. But it's a women's, it's a, Oliver versus Demopolis was another, probably, most likely, more than 50% of the time goes to the decision. So I'm like, if I need win equity, if I need floor, I want to take these fights. So I ended up with, I'm, That's I'm awesome. sitting there with Demopolis had an optimal score. Maya had an optimal score. Didn't have Tercios, but I didn't need him when Maya is only 13% owned. And Natividad was only 14% owned, even though he lost with 74 points. And I'm like, oh, wow. Heading into the last two fights, I actually have a shot at this 555. Right? All I need is either Njukwu not to score over 110 and Kutalaba not to score over 67. So I'm like, Let's go, Kennedy, second round knockout. And that's exactly yep. what happened, right? Kudalaba took the first round, scored a bunch of points, and then got knocked out in the second round, like Kudalaba typically does. Uh, and there you go. But, I mean, those are the swaps. Like, 
I see so many people because I talked, I, I answering questions in uh, in the YouTube chat on Friday, and then uh, in Discord on on Saturday. Everyone thinks the opposite. They they think that the two things that they think, Neil, that's incorrect. To use late swap, I mean, there, there are plenty of people like, well, who cares about late swap? It doesn't give you anything. Right, it's like, right. th- those are the idiots, right? Yeah. Those are the those are the swap slappies, right? That are not going to swap. I don't know. Are they going to swap? They're not going to. They, they only swap if there's an injury or something. But we already know they're idiots. That 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 obviously doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, the people that think, oh, now I want to play early fighters because once I get the information from the early fights, I could then construct my lineups. And then be like, oh, optimal fighter is first. Now I could just play all the chalk. And the yeah. second thing is that if I have a losing fighter, I need to switch to lower owned fighters, right? So the, I, I would say those were both my like my first instinct, and then I thought about it more before. Like so, so I understand the instinct for that for sure. For the early fights, like well, then I'm gonna know like what I need based on. The, and then I was like, uh, wait, no, but you're still gonna have not as much information early on as you will later on in the, in the card. Um, and, and well, so they're I only kind of thinking about one, they're thinking about the upside instance, but not yep. the downside instance. And then yep. the, in the, in the other regard, they're still thinking of upside instance. So like the easy, the easier thing to talk about is the, is the min cash equity. Like, like dude, once, you don't have a fighter that's optimal. And this is a large field contest where most likely the optimal lineup will be the winning lineup. It's going to be either the optimal or very close to it. So if you're sitting there and some guy puts up God knows how many points and you don't have them in a lineup, you're not competing for first place anymore. Like you're like, right. you, you don't have a shot there. And because well, I think we, had, we had a great scenario with he stand this week. I think he was actually the perfect scenario of like, you knew 76 points or whatever he had was not going to be enough to be optimal. So it was like, at that point you knew that you had to adjust for min cash equity. Yeah, but people do the he-stand. opposite. The thing is people do the opposite without understanding what the payout structure looks like. Right. Like in the, if you, if you, if we go over this in the first like two chapters of the theory of DFS. Uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the 15 hour masterclass that you need to make decisions based on the payout structure and the payout structure of these GPPs are hockey stick like. So like the top 1% makes up like almost the entire hockey stick, you know, the, the, the blade part of the curve. Yeah. So it's like, if you don't have that optimal fighter, that's 24% owned or whatever the hell he was like, you're pretty much not playing for any part of that blade. You're now paying yep. for the stick part of it. And the difference between coming in the top half of the stick and the bottom half of the stick ain't that much different. 1.5 X to three X, right? Yep. So to make like, oh, I got to change to 6% on Danny Roberts. I got it. Like, dude, you're not competing for first place anymore. You're competing to just get on the stick. Yep. So if you're just competing to get on the stick, typically in MMA, you if you get five wins, no matter what they score, you're, you're, you're probably going to cash. So once yeah. you have that first loss or the first non-optimal fighter, your goal should be to how can I get five wins? How can I at least get four wins? I mean, sometimes on some slates, four wins could cash you. Four yeah. wins with decent scores. Three wins, probably not. So once you have one loss, don't worry about the ownership of the fighters. Just worry about can I get five wins? It does well, what happens if this guy that at 9,500 puts up 120? It's like, 
who cares about that? Why don't you get five fighters that all put up 80? Like, if you get right. five fighters that put up 80 and you're a losing fighter, you're probably still going to cash. So, like, just optimize for that. You have two losers in your lineup. Now maybe you have to be, like, a little bit ownership-driven. Three, if yep. you have three losing fighters, now you now you got to... Now you got to yeah. hope the truck fails. Now you're now now it's very hard to min cash. But when people are like, "I have a losing fighter, I got to switch on to eight percent on this and get off," of, it's like, yeah, that, like you could pass more of the field that way. But you could pass all of the let's say all of those fighters you pick win. You're probably still not getting to the blade of the hockey stick. Okay, now right. you have a four X pay. You did all of that risk for four X rather than one and a half or two X. Like, yep. why don't you just take take your min cash, rescue it, and move on and survive in advance? So, like, yep. so many people are in the mindset of, like, how do I get the first place? It's like, this isn't NBA or NFL where there's, like, 500 options. There's 24 <laughs> fighters. Like, you don't have that right. one guy. You, 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 you're done you're for not first gonna, place. It's not yep. going to happen. So don't even try competing it for first place. And then, on the other hand, if you have an optimal fighter, now it's a matter of how, how can I try to win first solo? Yep. Now it's more the fact of what combinations, who's in, as the card goes on, half the card is done. It's like, well, I have Demopolis and I have Tercios and I have this. And you go like, okay, what what combinations could get me as less duplicated to first now? Because now I am competing for first place. So maybe you do, maybe that's when you get off of a chalky fighter. Maybe that's when right. you, you take your, you have a 49-9 lineup and now you're bringing yourself down to 49-2 to get a little bit more different. You have the option to do that now. People think in in reverse. And in the yep. other example with the upside, they go, well, what happens if uh, the first fighter of the night, the first fight of the night produces an optimal score? Like now I, now I'm able to switch around and you know, that's what, that's what they're thinking. Oh, I got to play early fighters. So I, I know what those scores are. It's like, yeah, but how about think in terms of the first fight and the second fight happened, and none of them are optimal lineups. You have the same information. The, the thing is, you don't have them in your lineup. So now... Yeah, you're not stuck with them now. You're not you stuck with more them More information, so, and you can make whatever choices you want with the remaining fights. Right. So, like, in game theory, the more information you have, the closer, the easier it is, the closer it is for you to make more optimal decisions. So it doesn't matter the time of the fights. Like, first fight, second fight, third fight, as far as... What happens if they score a lot? The late having later fighters is more of a benefit than having earlier fighters because by the time you get to switch your lineups, you'll have ownership and scoring information. So in my little spreadsheet, I've added an optionality column and I weight the position of the fight just a little bit. Like not ridiculous, yeah. but just a not just a little bit. So it's already compensated when I determine who to roster, which means the main event gets a little bit more, more juice. And it just mm -hmm. so happened, obviously on this past card that a lot of the better fights were on the main card anyway. Yep. So like I was playing most of those as well, but so many people were like, I got to play early fighters, got to play early fighters. I'm like, like play, yeah, play early fighters. If you think you can get an optimal score, what, you know, right. you should be playing them in the same, same way that, that, you know, Oh, this person could score 120 points for whatever the price is. But don't prioritize and go, I'm going to play a bad fighter that's over-owned just in case. It's like, no, it's better off if if the fight busts and now you have information. Now, now you've eliminated a lot of lineups and now you have information. Now you know that that if a, if a, the $7,300 dog busts, you know that, okay, there's 
that 72, 71, 7,000 fighters, I mean, like, once we start going through the slate and favorite after favorite wins, the underdogs on the remaining fights become way more valuable because you almost can't make, you can't really can't make a lineup without an underdog. No. And if it's a slate where only one dog wins, you need to have that, you need to have that, you need to have that dog. Imagine before the slate, you wouldn't have known that. Also, you'd be more likely, I would assume, on, on most slates, you'd be more likely to stack the main event because the underdog is likely to put up. Like at that point, after you know that none of the underdogs have won for like the, say, the first five fights or something, mm -hmm. you know that there is some possibility that a 40 from a cheap fighter could be enough to be optimal. So, you, uh, so you'd be, I would think, more likely to stack the main event in that scenario. And also more likely to stack the main event to rescue min cash equity. Yeah. Right. So, so you get one losing fighter and you have this like mid range main event. I'm not talking about the high range where it's like 9,400, 6,600. I'm talking about like 8,400, 70, 7,800 main events. And you're like, GPP, you wouldn't stack it. You don't want to take yourself a loss right there. But you get, a, you get, you get a losing fighter early with only 30 points. It's like, you know what I should do to rescue points? It just, let me just stack the main event and win equity the rest of the lineup and be fine. I mean, I know it's not winning first place, but a lot of your, uh, a lot of your your return, your ROI, comes simply from min catching lineups, enough lineups that you, 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 your downswings aren't aren't ridiculous. But knowing what game you're playing, so I had eight lineups, and I'm going. I look at the lineup. What game am I playing? Look at another lineup. What game am I playing? And I thought I was all playing for min cash in all of my lineups. And I backed, I, I backed into, uh, I backed into a good, you know, I, I think that lineup came in 11th in the main large field oh, really? GPP or something. Yeah. Oh. I'd like, I, I'd maybe the sixth optimal or something like that. Uh, cause it was a very low scoring slate. It was a lot of decisions. Yeah. And of course, you know, the main event was canceled and that was heavily, that was heavily owned. So a lot of the later fights were way higher on than they originally projected because, <coughs> Because what what else can you what else can you swap right. to, and then yep. they screwed up the late swap. <laughs> they screwed up the late swap. They did not refund. I did not get a free roll based on uh, their screw up of the late swap. So it was so I actually missed the period where I, I was out doing yard work uh, during the period that it happened. But uh, for people who were unaware, they locked all the fights. And then I think what happened is they, they locked you know the the fights that were coming up at their given lock time, and then the main event was canceled. And I think that they unlocked it after the main event was canceled, possibly for the purpose of, well, if we unlock it, then people have six fights and they don't have to stack. I don't know if that was the reason. Obviously, I'm not, you know, behind the scenes with DraftKings, but my, my assumption would be that that was the thought. I'm not positive about that. Could have been just a screw up. Um, but either way, it was people had been able to see the ownership. So they I think that was probably the decision they made was, oh, we should let them this fight and start it. Let's just let them pick from that fight too. not thinking about the fact that we've already shown you the ownership for this fight. Uh, so there was like a 15 minute window, 10 to 15 minute window where people could swap uh, to or from a fight that you'd already seen the ownership for. Right. But I mean, then why do it in the why? Why punish the people? Because that's what I that's what I originally thought. Like I out of my eight lineups, two were refunded. OK. OK. And one of them wasn't wasn't cashing. It wouldn't have caught wouldn't have cash and I got my money back. The other one would have two X. 
So okay. actually, I broke even, right? Because one didn't and one did, right? So so you so you in that in that ten to fifteen minute period, you did do a couple late swaps. Yeah, well, because I, I when I when it originally canceled, I went to swaps and I was playing more of the main card than anything else, and I had two lineups that only had one remaining fighter, one one fighter that had a score that was mm -hmm. locked, and the pre even though the last two prelims didn't even start yet. They were both locked, like we discussed yeah. before with the scheduling. So now I'm sitting there. I have five, five fights are on the main card. One just got canceled. So now there's only four fights on the main card. Well, I have five spots to fill. So that means I'm like I'm forced to stack one of the main card fights because these other two yeah. fights that haven't started yet they haven't unlocked and I can't, I can't do anything with. So I switch those lineups. I switched the lineups that had you know Spivak in it because I didn't have any Derek Lewis anyway. Uh and then, so I saw so in the Discord, someone's like, oh, they unlocked the Johnson-Zumagulaw fight. So I'm like, oh, okay. It looks like someone at DraftKings paid attention and like, like they need to unlock at least this fight just so people have something to swap to. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just thought that who cares if they saw the ownership? It's going to change anyway, right? Because who cares? Yeah. The Johnson-Zumagulaw fight. So on the two lineups that I had stacked because I had no other choice, one had Johnson, one had Zumagulov because like you're opening a how am I supposed to know I'm not supposed to do that? You did you literally opened it exactly. I mean, like because they allowed it. Like so you assume that it's it. within the rules. Usually if you can't do something, you just are not you can't do it within the app. So if the the fact that you're able to do it, I think it was reasonable to assume that this is something they were doing intentionally. And also there are people I mean uh what Big happens T, if you didn't know it was unlocked to it was locked to begin with. Exactly. Well that's that's what Big T said. He didn't even know that it had locked. He just saw that he was able to swap and made a, a few swaps in that period. And as you saw with Big T, he lost like twenty twenty thousand dollars on the refunded fights. Well, he lost he ten thousand. Had... He lost a qualifier on it. Oh, is that right? Okay, I yes. thought I thought he had lost a little bit more than that, but uh, yeah, he he was pretty pretty pissed off about that, and and I get it. I think that that was uh, I would have been I would have been pissed for sure in that scenario. If you make a swap and it works out, it's successful. You look like you're winning a lot of money, and then they say, nope, we're going to avoid this because of the timing uh, where you made the swap. And for some people, uh, had no idea that, that that it had been locked or that there was anything wrong with it. So, and it's not like it mattered. It, it's not like oh. It was accidentally unlocked while the fight was going on, right? Right, it's right. Like, like, oh, they didn't lock it in time. And it's like, oh, dude, the dude got a first round knockout and it's still unlocked. And now I like, I understand that if yeah. that type of thing. But like, dude, this there was this fight wasn't going to start for another 25, 20 minutes. I mean, like, yeah, like, come on. So again, we should uh, explain what actually happened for people who were not playing MMA. So uh, rather than so what what they did during USFL when they showed uh, ownership for everybody at the lock of the first game when they made a similar screw up, they had if you won money on the slate, you got to keep whatever you won. If you lost money, they refunded up to you know the amount that you entered, so that you would break even on the slate. That was kind of my assumption was what they would do is you know if you won money on the slate, you win the money. If you lost money on the slate, they would uh, reimburse you for any losses. That was not, uh, so this was a different scenario because you didn't get to see every fighter's ownership. And also it was only like a 14, 15 minute period where it was possible to make swaps uh, after seeing the ownership for two fighters. So what they did instead was anybody who had made swaps involving that fight 
in that 15 minute period just had their entry fees refunded regardless of what outcome that lineup actually saw so in the case of big t uh, it was you know they they refunded rather than him winning ten thousand dollars or whatever and i'm sure there were other people in that similar scenario for most people it probably wasn't all that impactful um but uh for some people it was so it was but it's interesting because so obviously those people feel like they got screwed uh alternatively though if they if they had done the same thing as they did for usfl a different set of people would have been screwed the people who would have won without those swaps uh would have alternative alternatively been screwed so it's kind of a a tough situation a rock well, and a hard place that swapped i mean look i got a refunded lineup on the lineup that already had three losses in it right i, I mean like that's that, great that that was... type of thing. like dude like if you would have known that you would have been like wow i got four losses let me switch to zuma gulov right here and just get yep Give me my money back. Thank you. Yep, exactly. There was, if we had known what they were going to do, it would have been a, a different approach for well, many people. Well, the thing is, we all knew that they were going to screw something up. That's why, you of course, played. I mean, that's why I played. I only played because I thought there was a real free roll possibility. Yeah. But, but, you, uh, didn't, but you didn't cash that. You did, you, did you swap at all? Because it's not a matter because some people were looking and going, oh, if anyone has Zuma Gulov in their lineup, they're disqualified. It's like, well, what if you started with them? Well, DraftKings right. knows they has all the logs of all the stuff that you do. So like, yeah, it was, was only if you, if you swapped the thing that I was concerned about with my five fifty five lineup that one was, did I, sw did I swap and then swap back? Like it was, it was the type of thing like in this lineup, did I put in Zuma Gulov and then, and change it to something else and go, okay, I think that's now that I could do that. I'm going to play that and then switch something back. And right. go like, okay, well, I'm going to take him out and go. Because I was swapping the entire night on all my eight lineups. So some maybe I didn't pay attention. So I was like, yep. here's a lineup that didn't have either fighter, but do they have it that I logged a swap in that 50-minute time period, even though it I didn't end in that 50, I didn't end up with that lineup. So I'm sitting there going, I'm just going to wait until I pay out because I'm not going to count. I'm not, not going to tap my money until... Uh, yeah. So everything Generally gets sorted. And also, do you know, I didn't. So for the people that had their money refunded, what were the placement? No, no, no. I think it was the placement and the content. What they did, those lineups just got a zero score. Yep. So everyone they moved were... up. I mean, that's the main reason why they did it, because like if you swapped, quote, illegally. Right. <laughs> like, imagine you, you're in first place and you swapped illegally. They disqualify you, give you your money back, but the guy in second doesn't come in first. He just gets the second place money. That's the worst thing because then people will be crying out that DraftKings is doing that and keeping the money, right? Yeah, they didn't have to right. pay out that money. So obviously they had to move up the, the placement. So that's that's why I think in USFL, USFL, it, it was just basically what happened. In USFL, what happened is that they... They, so it was a, it was a full they weekend. Let, they slate, put right? out all the ownership, even though you could swap everything if you wanted. Yes, yeah, so they they put out at the lock of the first game. I presumably they they locked the players from the first game, but it was you know a four game slate over an entire weekend. So it was on you oh, know, so Saturday one, afternoon. One game, then the next game, then the next game, then the next game. So it was all stacked. Yeah, two okay. Saturday, two Sunday, and at lock of the first game on Saturday, they obviously they locked the uh, the players who were supposed to lock. But then they also showed the ownership of every other no, no, player. No, no, no. Th I think of what happened. I think they locked everyone. Okay, and then and unlocked. obviously that you you can't lock everyone. There are games tomorrow, and you, right. it's supposed to be late swap. So when they locked everyone, 
They showed all the, obviously they have all the ownership of everyone and they're yeah. like, oops, let's unlock the other three games. But it's like, now we know what everyone has yep. unless they swap off of it. And they said the best solution here is to just free roll the whole thing. Which I think is true for, for that particular scenario. I think that they made the right choice because there was plenty of time for people to make adjustments and stuff. So it was definitely the right choice for that one. Uh, I think the probably the fairest thing that DraftKings could have done for this uh, MMA slate was to pay out for every scenario. So like if you had one by swapping, you know, like Big yeah, T, pay him. I know it would have been so much They would have to pay out basically two winners of every contest. Yeah, exactly. Which they can afford to do, but I, I can understand why they chose not to do that. Uh, they just screwed individuals. The one thing I don't understand, Neil, they own a sports book, DraftKings Sportsbook. I could go on the DraftKings app, Sportsbook app, right? Now, not in Kentucky, but I could go across the river to Indiana, right, in the legal state, and I could bet on the Johnson-Zumagula fight or would name the fight up until the time that they say fight. Like, I could, like, if I could go, they could be entering the cage, and I could bet on the, whatever the lines are, I could bet on the over-under, I could bet on the method of victory, I could bet on all that. And once they say fight, it everything locks, right? It, and now it, you can't bet on those things. Now the live lines come up for everything else. So obviously, they have some mechanic where they know when the fight starts. How come they can't... They, but no, they... Oh, somehow, the DFS people there, they live in another building or something that they... That, that code... They can't they, press that button. Yeah. Why? They can't press that button? How come we have... Oh, we, well, we have no idea. We just have to set lock periods, and we have to hope that's for the best. Like, the same for NBA. Like, oh, NBA, oh, the game locks at 7.30, but doesn't start till 7.40. And they go, well, that that's the best we could do. That's the televised start times. It's like, dude, I could go to your... Bet on the app... You'll let me bet on the game until they're literally in the center circle ready to throw the... I can still bet on the, the closing line of this game. Then once that ball's in the air, I sit, I can't do it anymore. Like, dude, why can't you just, like... It seems easy enough. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, it does seem, if you can do it in one place... I mean, well, DraftKings also... So you don't play best ball, but, like, DraftKings, we get live scoring for... DFS and then best ball doesn't update for like days after the contest is over. It's like, why, why do, why do we not get live scoring for best ball as well? DraftKings just, uh, I don't know. They, they don't seem to care as much about some of their products as others. I think is what well, it definitely comes down not to. best ball. Yeah. They don't give a shit about best ball. Right. And then you have FanDuel that doesn't care about DFS at all because no, they don't even mind leaving the merge tags and contest names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. FanDuel is something else. And FanDuel could, wouldn't, wouldn't take advantage of, oh, now there's MMA late swap and some people don't like it. Let's put up a bigger contest. Nope. Still, still, a here's a 5K to first garbage. Yep. I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever played uh, MMA on FanDuel just because the contests are so terrible. And also the scoring system is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, now there's World Cup. Are you, are you playing, are you playing some World Cup soccer? No, sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. I assume you are. Yeah. But I mean, now I have to wake up. I I, I had to wake up at seven fifteen in the morning. I yeah, no, have thank to wake. you. I mean, obviously the, the eight o'clock game starts and the starting lineups come out an hour before. Like I don't, I don't need. It's only three game slates. I don't need a full hour or whatever. I could wake up at seven fifteen, roll over, take a look at the first starting lineups, and then switch out whatever I need to switch out. Because I'm not playing one hundred and fifty lineups. I'm playing anywhere from like four to eight lineups, and I play mostly cash. I play the smaller field stuff mostly. 
So it's not a big deal that I need so much time. Uh, but yeah, for the, so basically for the next three weeks, I'll be waking up at about 7, 7.30 in the morning and then, uh, and then get tilted when I lose money after three weeks as someone that's like best sport is soccer DFS. Do you, are there a lot of like inactives or like news you have to wait for for soccer? You can't yeah. do it the night before? Okay. Well, no, because the starting lineups, starting lineups, I suppose, starting lineups yeah. don't come out till an hour before kickoff. And remember, this is staggered start time. So there's an 8 o'clock game, an 11 o'clock game, and a 2 o'clock game. So you have to make your lineups not sure what the 11 a.m. lineups, starting lineups are. And soccer, you don't, you only play starters, right? Because it's it's, okay. it's it's like baseball substitutions. It's like that the person may come much. on. They may not come on. They may come on and play five minutes. I mean, like, you don't play substitutes. So you have to see who's right. in the starters. And these are national teams, yes. 90% of the time, the predicted 11s are about the 11s that they're going to be. But this guy's in, this guy's out. Oh, that means this guy's going to take more set pieces and more corners or free kicks. You're going to have to like know that type of information and then be able to swap you know, at three different time periods. And then also do the same thing that we talked about with the MMA late swap. What right. game are you playing? Are you playing for min cash? Are you playing for first place? In this first slate... Uh, the the Ira- Iranian forward uh, Taremi at six percent scored two goals. Bakayo wow. Saka, the uh, winger for England, scored two goals. It's a three-game slate. Pretty much, if you don't have both of these guys in large field GPPs, you ain't you ain't playing for first. No, right? So you should be kind of thinking in those terms, even when it comes to NFL. Right, the four o'clock games, and people are like, oh, how do I? Uh, how do I win in GPP? Now, double ups are different because that there's no hockey, there's no blade <coughs> for the hockey stick. So everyone's right. on the on the same playing field. But if you're playing for, for you know playing for first place, and you see that you got you know Josh Allen twelve and a and a Damian Pierce three in your lineup, like your goal is to min cash now. Like you you ain't winning. You ain't like do, do you have Amari Cooper? No. Do you have Dawson yeah. Knox? No. Yeah, I'm just thinking about what the so for NFL, you probably are still trying to go to lower owned plays if you're just trying to min cash with such bad outputs. I guess they're kind well, of chalky. No, 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 you could go to lower owned plays, but you're not going to high variance plays. You're going to low right. variance, like in the same thing that I did with the MMA. Like Jennifer Maya was the lowest variance fighter because she yep. didn't have. She had a high floor, but a very low ceiling. Right. And she's going to be lower owned. So it's like, okay, how can I lock up 45 points at lower ownership? There, play play her, right? Yep. And if she wins, she scores what? She scored 78 points. And like, same thing in NFL. It's like, okay, uh, you have your, in the late, whatever late games, what, let's say you, you had, uh, you know, who was, who was, who was chalky in the later games this past Sunday? I mean, uh, outside of the quarterback, CD oh, Lamb was chalky. Okay, so let's say you had CD Lamb. Why not swap to T Higgins? Right. Like lower why, owned, like, still lower yeah. owned and similar range of like just like it's not ridiculous. Tyler Boyd. You're yeah. Like well, but Tyler Boyd is you know his A dot is so much lower and his touchdown equity is lower. It's like can can he reasonably get you fifteen points? Well, yeah. It's like that's all you let's. If that if you could save that money and go a thousand down and then 
take your defense up to a better defense or take your tight end up to a to a higher floor tight end, that would help you min cash more because the differences in the range of outcomes of these players isn't that dramatic. Where it's like, yeah, CeeDee Lamb is the best point per dollar play, but Higgins is only like a point and a half below him. And Boyd right. is like three points lower than him, and you use the money in your other spot to go up to someone else. Like, you should be making these swaps. And it's not a matter of, oh, but it's much different than, I'm going to swap CeeDee Lamb, leave money on the table, and play Noah Brown. Right. It's like, well, you don't have to You don't have to do that. It's like, well, I want to benefit from the time that CeeDee Lamb gets injured or something. It's like, no, all you have to do is have a player that could beat his score. More right. than even, not, if, and, even if Noah Brown hits 50, you're not winning the contest. Right. So just play the likelier outcome for him in cash. Right. right. You know that half 50 to 60% of the field has Lamb. 10% of the field has Higgins. And 5 and 2% of the field has Boyd. But the projection difference between Lamb and Boyd is not that dramatic that the ownership should be like that. So right. at least play that guy. Play someone else that is lower owned, lower projected, but still not like absurd but some people go and they they make crazy swaps like i gotta swap this i gotta swap that dude i had damian pierce in my cash lineup i did perfectly i didn't swap anything because i got i got i got lucky in cash and uh i, I don't think i got lucky i think I, I i think i played i think i played a fine lineup but uh but yeah DraftKings cash it, it always helps when uh a quarterback that is uh almost three thousand less than the most popular quarterback uh, outscores him by 17 points. I'm trying to think who, I mean, I Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones in cash okay. over yeah, Josh yeah. Allen because I didn't want to play d- uh, two tight ends when we have three running backs under 7K playable. Mm. So I played Drake, Pierce, and Montgomery instead of the double tight end. And I also didn't want to play two 4K wide receivers. I didn't want to play Paris Campbell and Kendall Hinton or Paris yeah. Campbell and DPJ. I'm like, how can I how can I avoid doing that? And I'm like, I could play Diggs. If I'm not playing Allen, I gotta play Diggs. Right? I played Knox at tight end. So it's like, okay, if Allen goes off, at least I have two of his receivers to get points with that. And then there was like no one in the mid-range. I wasn't uh, there was no way to really fit in McLaurin in that build. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just gonna play Lamb and Diggs. What's the only concession I need to make? I gotta play Daniel Jones. Yeah. I'm like, it's quarterback. Against like, the against the Lions, against too. the Just, Lions, right? A Russian quarterback against the Lions. Okay, and it's not like he projected bad. He was like the third point per dollar quarterback on the slate, right? Like it, it was a choice between him or Mariota. I almost played Mariota because the Falcons had a slightly higher team total, but I'm like, I, I, I've, I've, IKB. I, I've watched this guy. It's like outside of the rushing touchdowns, I don't trust this guy throwing the ball at all. Right, yeah. so it's like I don't care good. about this. Like, no, I'm 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 playing Daniel Jones against the Lions defense. I, I ain't I ain't I ain't screwing with this Mariota. I've lost enough money in props with this guy. I ain't gonna yeah. lose in fucking cash games. That was probably the right. And, and he also, I think, uh, for for cash games, Mariota had at least some possibility of being replaced mid game with a bad game. <laughs> Whereas Daniel Jones, I don't think you had that threat. So yeah, good so, call. So so is uh, so is the answer now to just play Justin Fields at any price? apparently uh no we so we we finally saw him he put up 20 fantasy points in the first half this week he put up three fantasy points in the second half on DraftKings. so well, they didn't do any somewhere in that runs. Race, i think he injured it didn't he like injure his leg or something that was pretty pretty late he injured i think his shoulder i might be wrong um 
Yeah, he had, at one point he went down and people were saying that he was like saying, oh, it's my knee. But then later on, the reports actually said uh, it was his shoulder, I think. Um, my my approach has been don't play Justin Fields at this high ownership in under any circumstances. And it has bit me uh, two weeks in a row. And this week wouldn't didn't bite me, but didn't really help me all that much either. Because I instead of playing Justin Fields, I played a lot of Josh Allen. And that uh, was horrible. So. Uh, and, and, and Lamar Jackson. I, I liked all the other. I was like, well, I'm going to just pivot from I'm not going to play Justin Fields. I'm instead going to play Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, uh, and and Josh Allen. And, of course, Jalen Hurts got there, but he threw a touchdown to Quez Watkins. So, like, I wasn't playing Quez Watkins anyway. So uh just didn't really work out for me. It was a low-scoring slate in general. I mean, like... I loved it. I, I actually thought it was the best slate we've had so far this season for NFL. Um, just because there, we, there wasn't really anybody that was a have to have him kind of play on this slate. I don't think, I, I think mean, Paul, I think you needed to have Paul. Paul yeah. Yeah. By the end, but it was Paul. Any I guess of the had the to have were not like I looked uh, at results. DB, the top eight scores on the slate were all single digit owned. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Jamal Williams had three touchdowns, but he only had like 24, 25 fantasy points. So he wasn't really have to have, uh, but yeah, you're right. Pollard did end up uh, fitting Pollard, into that bucket. Cooper, but... Adams, yeah, Knox at tight end put up 14 and not many tight ends put up anything. Uh, the commanders are Patriots defense. Yeah. But they were just that. lower. Just so yeah, I, that, I guess there were a few. I, I that think were... the point that you're making is that there were a lot more available combinations. Like no one because of their ownership would have all of those people. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So you, you could have, to have a snowflake combo in your lineup and still win something. Right. Like, yeah, because there was so low scoring in general. So like I made money in GPP on DraftKings, even like, like I made a couple hundred bucks on a lot of my entries. I like I had the Brissette stack the other way, right? Instead of Al, I mean I still I played Lamar, I played Allen, I played Brissette. I mean I I I played one uh, Russell Wilson lineup because I'm just gonna keep on donating one Me lineup. Me too. A week. I played I played a good amount of Russell Wilson, I think. Because how how because Sutton projected decently and Dulcich projected decently. Hinton also projected decently right. for Snowcastic. Yeah. Right. So, like, why not? Okay, pair them and put Jacobs on the other side or Adams on the other side. Yep. Why not? And now you see why not, right? Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, you got Mariota. I, I played, you know, and I, I played two Burrow lineups. You know, Burrow, Higgins, Hurst. And uh, it's just a matter of, like, every lineup that, I mean... <coughs> I'm I'm going to describe everyone's lineup. Every lineup I played had some really good players in it, and then just garbage snow. Yeah, great. I have a Brissette lineup with Cooper and and Gabe Davis, and yep. and and it's like okay, you know what that allowed me to do because I spent so cheaply. I could get Saquon Barkley's five points. Yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending up at running back. So it's like I did that I'm too. I, I, I thought Saquon I looked nothing. incredible. Played like forty percent, I think Saquon, and yeah, that that bit me. All right, so like all the, all the chalk failed, but all the everything failed. Like it's not like right. It's not like oh, oh this is a, this is a slate that all the chalk failed. It's like well, no, this is the kind of slate that like almost every player failed. Yeah, like every <laughs> like if dude, if you scored like so, so, someone, I was talking to someone, and they're like, oh, you you, you played so and so at. Tight end, they only scored five and a half points. I'm like, so did all the other tight ends. Like, right. like that's who cares that they only scored five and a half points. So you're taking a look. Oh, oh, 
DPJ only scored 17 points. It's like DPJ was one of the highest scoring wide receivers because no one was scoring points. So that's yeah. a lot of points. Yeah. It was a weird slate, but that's uh, I think those are generally my preferred slates are the ones where there are a lot of different ways to win. Uh, people were pretty live late in the contest. I mean, I, I wasn't really live, but I had a couple a couple entries that were in the top thousand pretty late um, and w- with no real shot at winning. Did you uh, see- but. Did you see the Pickens drop at the end of the game? No. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, George Pickens dropped like absurdly easy pass at the end of the game. And uh, it would have won someone a million dollars. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. There was someone with Pickens uh, in seventh place, $15,000. If Pickens catches that ball, goes right up to the first. That is pain right there. I mean, <laughs> that pro- I assume that person wasn't watching because I, I mean, I would Let's hope I they weren't watching. Right. If you were watching that and you saw and all you're doing, you know what you're doing because it's the last game. It's the only thing yeah. on. You're like, all I really pretty much need is like a, kind of like a Pickens cat. Like, give me give me a give me a, a, a 15 yard catch like and I'm, I'm, I'm gold. And you're just all you're, you're zeroing in on number 14. Right. I believe he's number 14. You're like on every. It's like it's at the end of the game. Just throw to fourteen. Just throw to, and here's it. And and you're seeing the ball in the air, and you're like, here it is. Doink. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe somebody else had uh, Pickett in the same lineup. We had Pickens and Pickett, and no, they would have well, passed I mean, him. See the end of the game. You could see the standings, right? You could yeah. see. That is just yeah. So it's not something that you've actually heard from. You no, just no, saw no. this. I, and, okay. I saw it on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's as brutal as it gets. I, uh, I I felt terrible just watching Showdown the other week when uh, Marquez Valdez Scant no not not uh, Marquez Callaway was wide open in the end zone, and I saw and I had like I don't know fifteen percent and the field had three percent. I actually thought I had more at the time I was watching it. So I saw Andy Dalton uh, throw it to him wide open in the end zone, and I was very excited and saw it go over his hands. I didn't even know like what was at stake. I just knew I was well above the field, and that was a heartbreaker for me. I can't even imagine the the Millie just watching watching the Millie sink away. Wasn't there a showdown last week or something where the last play of the game, there was some lateral or something like that? that yeah, so it ended up, so it was, uh, there was a scoring. What, what was that scoring correction? Okay, so it was, so this is where we had a OCD OBV, uh, Kurt and... Frankie Bourne were in first with with one other uh, player as well. Had the first right. place lineup, Carney and was then in there also. Yeah, uh, there was some I'm known player. It was it was it was like a, a three a three dupe lineup versus another like four dupe lineup. Yeah, that like it went this way and then it stat corrected to something else, and I don't know what happened that had to be corrected. So you explain it. Okay, I'm I'm trying to remember what it was exactly. So it was uh, it was a pass to. Uh, what was the team that was involved? It was the, was it the Eagles? Eagles, maybe yes. Eagles passed to Quez Watkins, I think. And then Quez Watkins lateraled it to Devante Smith and then Devante Smith fumbled it. And it was uh, recovered by the defense and they ran it in for a touchdown at the, after time expired, the defense scored a touchdown. Um, and they never credited the Devante Smith with a fumble loss. Or they, they did, and then they took it away. I'm I think they may have. I think they may have initially credited him with two fumbles lost. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, what the because they they did correctly credit him with the fumble. So I, I looking at the end, it looked like the stats were all right. Um, or was the defense yeah, was, not given a fumble recovery? 
I think, yeah, I, I do think that it was the defense was the difference in the lineup. So it might have been something to do with the defense not getting a fumble recovery and just getting the touchdown initially. Maybe that's what it was. Or, the, or, the or vice versa. They got credited one when they shouldn't have gotten credited. Because it's a really weird thing because we saw that game. I think there was another showdown where, where, or no, no, this was a main slate where a defense didn't get, no, because yeah, this happened like two weeks ago. Didn't a, a DST didn't get a touchdown credited to them on DraftKings. I think FanDuel actually gave it to us mm-hmm. uh, because the what happened is that the defense uh, got the ball, like got like an interception, fumbled it. The offensive team picked it up and then fumbled the ball again. And then the original DST fell in the end zone for, for a touchdown or whatever it was. And huh. the the it wasn't credited as a defensive touchdown because it the offensive team wasn't the offensive team anymore. So there was some technicality on that that because Weird. possession went back and forth that the original team is no longer the, considered the defense anymore. I have no idea. All I know is that that Vandal eventually credited it, and DraftKings never did. Huh. I, didn't, I was not tracking that very closely. I don't think I had anything invested. In. I do remember there being some weirdness of DraftKings not crediting what was like in just looking at the box score was like, well, the defense clearly scored a touchdown here. Uh, I didn't know that that was the reasoning, though, that it had been fumbled back and forth multiple times. Uh, that's that's a weird way of scoring we, things. We, we bet a lot of money on this shit. We do bet a lot of money on this shit that, and don't even know all the rules. So uh, what are we doing? Right. Don't apparently. know the rules. We uh, uh, Subjective scoring of of takedowns and reversals in MMA, right? Yeah. We and it's like, oh no, that's no problem, right? Late swap that doesn't work. Scheduled start times that who knows when they are, right? We got uh, uh, d- d- pl- players pl- players getting getting uh, credited with points that they shouldn't be getting credited with other players. Then and then not cre- and then then DraftKings or FanDuel like paying out ten minutes after the slate is over without correcting anything. Right. It's like, okay, here you go. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on. Hold yeah. on a minute. Doesn't make any sense. And then you still get your VIP rep uh, te- that changes every four months for some reason that texts you, uh, uh, just, uh, we have a promo offer that if you pay, uh, if you play like $50,000, we'll give you a free like four to four, 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 like a $4,000 entry into the whatever mega, whatever. And I'm like, over 50,000 over the weekend. Like, dude, that's like, that's like five times my no, like my yeah. highest volume for this weekend. Like, don't 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 you track this stuff? I mean, like, like what kind of promos? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a free entry into this four thousand dollars. Is is it because they saw that you had just won thirty thousand and maybe wanted to press no, you? I, I always no, because I'm Onyx and I get those okay like yeah. high volume offers all the time that I can. I don't actually get them that often. I get I get them occasionally. I don't feel like I get that many. Uh, like, do you get like text message offers or uh, yeah, just like in, your, or, okay. or in the app or something? Okay. But it's all, it's, 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 it's like, sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it's like, oh, if you play, if you play uh, uh, 10 entries into the whatever thing, we give you this, you know, 50 DK dollars. And I'm like, oh, okay, I could do that. Right. Or like if you play in the next, if you play uh, in, in this contest in the next three days or like stuff like that. But when they're like, you know, you know, five times the normal volume that you play, if you do that. We'll give you this. It's like I, I ain't doing that. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Like, like I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying. Has it ever worked on me? No. Like maybe it works on other people, but 
I ain't gonna... It sort of it sort of worked on me on FanDuel a couple weeks back where they uh, gave me a buy two get one free in the twenty two twenty two I think on FanDuel uh, and I was like I've never played this contest but I guess that's that'll be my FanDuel entries for the weekend so that's that, the, I ended up doing the, it so the two thousand dollar entry contest yeah yeah yeah, yeah I would never do it. I would say screw you I don't I, I'm yeah I, I only did it because it was like well if you're gonna give me one free just for entering two that's a good enough deal that uh, I'll just that that'll be my only volume on FanDuel for the day and and that's right. what I ended up doing. Right, but I, I, I'm I'm much more risk averse. I'm not gonna commit commit that much to one lineup or anything like that. Although for yeah. the for the for the Mega World Cup, whatever this World Cup thing, they've been running these satellites for God knows how long. It's a five fifty five Mega World Cup group stage. I think on the first of December. I I I'm gonna have to use I'm gonna have to use fucking lineup HQ to make this because I just keep on because. They run these in these they run these seven man qualifiers. It's a seven man satellite. So it's a ninety dollar mm-hmm. satellite for a five fifty five ticket. Uh and it and they and in the other sports they ne- they like never fill. Like I played them in NFL and it's like four out of seven. It's me, mm-hmm. McLovin, and like two other people that are playing. So I have like I I, I think I'm up to twenty two tickets. So, I mean I'm not even sure. I think I may have more tickets than they allowed the max entries into the contest. I don't know how big this contest is going to be. But I've just been MMA. So like an MMA, I'll, I'll, they'll run two of those. It's like, it's two out of seven with five minutes to go. So I'm like, how do I not enter this? Yeah. And it's not like if it was a two out of seven for some tennis contest, it's like, I don't play tennis. Fine. You take the right. overlay. If you already know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. I'm already going to be playing this contest anyway. So why not put it in? So I got, I got, I got so many tickets. It's I, I look at my my balance and I go, well, I got I look at my tickets section. It's like, dude, between like the king of the pitch and all these qualifier things, I, I got I got like, I think I got like twenty thousand dollars worth of tickets. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I got you know because they I also do the MMA qualifiers, so like I got like five tickets into the five hundred dollar qualifier. I got like eight tickets into the one forty qualifiers. I'm like. Dude, I got to use these before the qualifiers end. I still don't yeah. have a goddamn seed into the fucking door. I, I still didn't haven't made it. Into oh, no, really? Right. But I don't mind that much because most of the th- most of the money I'm spending is from the ticket satellites. So a yeah. lot of a lot of these qualify like, oh, the 140 entries. It's like, dude, I, I entered like $16 satellites for most of these tickets. The $500 is like some $70 satellite that I just that's. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta try for these, right? So, so that's like one of them that like Big T, like Big T would have won one of the ten thousand eight hundred dollars because that's how the value of this the thing is. Because yeah. I was in, the, I was in that content. Like I, I mean, I know I was, I came, I came in third or something. So I okay. knew what I was up against because I saw Big T in there. Yeah, I knew that when I saw Big T and he had Z- uh, Zuma Gulov, I'm like, nope, he ain't winning this now. Well, like he wouldn't have won anyway because he had Kudalab in his lineup. That's why it's a little bit deceiving because after okay. the after the the, the Kudalaba fight, like he wouldn't have won anyway because okay. Kudalaba lost. But if Kudalaba would have won, then he if Kudalaba would have won, Big T would have had much much more of a complaint, yeah, than not. But, but he didn't have the correct fighter and that the got a twenty four point loss in his remaining slots. So it's a little dece- his his tweets are a little bit deceptive. He he did send out a tweet that was like, "This is what my winnings were before the main event." So it was like, "Well, that before doesn't really mean set, anything." No, but truthfully, before the second to last fight. Okay. Only because okay. in his screenshot, it showed him winning the five fifty five. Yeah. Yeah. 
he was winning the 555 before the second to last fight, but Cortez Acosta was right. in the second the two last chalk- fight. The two chalkiest I, fights are coming up. Yeah. Right, but I was winning at before the main event because I had Cortez oh, Acosta really? and okay. I passed Big T. That's why I'm looking at the screenshot going, that ain't the before the main, that's before the second to last fight. Okay. Because, dude, I, I'm sitting there in first place hoping that the other two fighters in the last fight fail. So that screenshot is not from... That's not yeah. from before the main. That's from before the second to last fight. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it was. But still, he got screwed. Deceptive. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Saying, he definitely got but screwed. Not maybe for not the amount, not for that as drastic of a difference as it was. But I still, I still believe. I even thought when they unlocked that fight that they did it it's at a speed. Game. Like, well, what's the big yeah. deal? Whatever. I mean, like, I wasn't even and thinking I, that. Yeah. If I swap, maybe I'll get disqualified. Like I wasn't. No, because like, they allowed they, it. They, they, they've they never done anything it. where what they allow it. To do? Yeah. If I never had, they allow if, it. If it, 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 Neil, it would have been much different if they unlocked the fight that already happened. Right. 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 Then and you'd then know. It's like, oh I'm my doing god, something I could, wrong. I could switch out my losing fighter with someone. Like then I could understand you getting disqualified. But like, yeah, it, it didn't even happen yet. Yeah. It was. Uh, I think it was a pretty unfair decision by DraftKings generally. Like I. Yeah. But is is this going to make you want is late swap in MMA going to make you want to play more or less? Less by far. I it's Saturday. Like if we were if we're on a Tuesday, maybe maybe I'd play more, maybe I'd be able to track it all day. My that's my lightest day of the week uh from a work standpoint. Uh but I'm busy on Saturdays. I got I got stuff to do. Can't be right. tracking like MMA all day. In your lineups. It's a four o'clock card or a six o'clock card. Lock happens then and you go out and do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, and I just check my lineup every half hour. I mean, I, I still check pretty regularly, even while I'm doing other stuff, because it's fun to sweat MMA. But uh, I'm not like tr- I'm not having to think about what changes I'm going to make in different scenarios and adjusting as I go. I I don't have the mental capacity to do that while I'm out, you know, with friends or whatever it is I'm doing on a Saturday. But even if you're doing that, it's not my 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 experience on Saturday. I mean, yeah, my experience on Saturday was very fun when you win thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's but, a good experience. But not in a good experience watching because at every moment I'm like, what, okay, what locks next? Okay, what locks next? Yep. There's no lock, relaxing. And, and I'm just dealing with eight lineups that I'm manually changing. I heard from other people that, like, yeah, I missed half of this fight because I was still in the middle of swapping my 100 lineups at my computer doing this. And then I missed all of that fight because I was swapping all of this. And it's like, it's just not enjoyable anymore. No, I'm like, I can think of ways to do it, but to do a 150 set later on is just so hard to do with an optimizer. You can do it with like groups. Like if I have this fighter, don't allow having this fight. I don't know. You, you can do different things, but uh, definitely is, is going to be much tougher for people who are MME with late swap, unless you have the tools of somebody like nerdy tenor or brick, or, you know, you maybe to some extent have some of those tools uh, to actually make these choices for you to an extent, but for, for guys like me, just regular MME MMEers who use light swap just as it is, it's a, it's a different kind of game than any other late swap that we have. So you're not going to be a swap slappy. I don't think so. I don't think that I have the the time for it, but it just, it, it still always amazes me that no matter how much you could explain it to someone, people think the out, you could explain it a million times. Like, no, no, this is good. I, so how many replies of, Oh, now, uh, hey, you were complaining about it earlier in the week. Aren't you happy you could swap out? It's like... I saw a lot of those on Twitter. People victory lapping. Oh, you guys were idiots for not liking late swapping. Look at you now. 
It's like, no, I still hate late swap. I right. still like I'm willing. I'm willing. Dude, that Cerrone Lausanne fight that got canceled mid card, I had 88% of on that slate. Yeah. I took it the sucks. zero. I'm like, it sucks, but that's what it is. Yeah. And that's, you know, Romanoff on the, the two slates before that was the chalkiest fighter at like 9,500. Of course, I had like 70% of him. It's like, to me, it's the cost of doing business. I understand why people would be upset. It's not like I don't understand that. But from a mathematical perspective, like it affects everyone equally, right? Now yep. they in place something that it's not going to affect everyone equally because you're the you're the you're the sw- slappy that's stupid that doesn't understand that you should be swapping after every fight, regardless of a cancellation, and you're giving away ten to fifteen percent of your money every slate. Like over and over and over and over again without even realizing it. And then even on the, even on the slates that let's say you built the winning lineup and never swapped. Well, four people just swapped onto it by the end. Right. So instead of you winning 50,000, you won 12,000. Right. Right. And and their response would be, I'd be happy to win $12,000. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to explain to people, uh, and you know, people. Some people just want to do it for fun. They're not. They don't really care about the the money involved. So I guess maybe people are like, it's not fun for me if my fighter gets canceled. So I can see that if you're just playing for fun, if you're real casual, I can see liking it. But uh, at least say, at least say that. Yeah. If you say if you say to go, I know I'm giving I know I'm giving a BV by not late swapping and paying attention and stuff like that. But I play for recreation. I just like scratch off lottery tickets. I know I'm going in trying to get lucky. In the long run, I'm a loser, yeah. but it's more enjoyable this way. I, I, that's the people we want to be playing, right? The people that exactly. know that they're going in, putting the money in bad, and doing yep. it because they enjoyed putting their money in bad. It's and they're and they're going to keep doing it, right? Those are the ones you but want. But then don't argue with me that you're not putting your money in bad. Just say, right? I don't mind putting my money in bad to have for entertainment. You do that at yep. the casino, right? You go, I'm going to go play roulette. And a double, double zero and give away five and a quarter percent of my money because I enjoy, I just enjoy roulette and I enjoy the experience. Fine, but don't say that you have some system that you could, no, no, I'm not giving up edge by playing this. No, of course, of course you're losing, fine, you're losing. Yeah. You're doing it for entertainment. So that's, that's the only thing. So it's, it's the people that want to argue that, oh no, this won't affect me at all. Yeah. I think you people are stupid. Why are you complaining about something? Like, dude, we're complaining about something that makes us more money. But now we right. just have to put more work in order to do it and have to beat off the other people that are also trying to do the same thing at the same time. And we saw this even this past Saturday. The contest came close to not filling. They didn't. like the, There was a 555 or something that filled like maybe 210 out of 240. Right. Like right they were I, not all filled. I played an extra line. because I, pl- I played. Oh, that was yours. Line. That was the one you won. Okay. Right. That was yeah. the one I won. And I played an extra line. Normally, I would play one lineup into that. Yep. But I played two liners because I saw it was going to probably be either overlay or rake free. So I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll let, I'll let it Might know. as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, Worked out. But we're going back uh, just uh, just a programming note, going back to every other week. I mean, that during that, after the NFL season, typically we'd go to every other week. But yep. I don't know. It's, it gets boring talking about NFL slates week after week after week after week after week. So we're going to go back to it every other week schedule. No, last week I was sick anyway, had a cough. Yep. But uh, so so don't get all up in arms if next week you don't hear an episode. Looking at I you, may Justin throw Freeman. in some some interviews and some random people here and there. But uh, 
But yeah, so it'll just basically be every other week, me and you, Neil, just catching up on what's going on. Sounds good to me. DFS world, right? And we had stuff to hey, We waited two weeks and we had plenty of stuff to talk about. It's true. Yeah, right? this, this MMA news. Got to uh, got to see you talk about it with Nerdy Tenor before before talking about it with you. That was fun. Right. I could have had him on this this show, but I thought, you know, give him the big platform on the Roto-Grinders, on the... Only because it was so new, right, at that time. It's like, I don't know, do I do an episode of this? Do you come on the... Because a lot of times, Nerdy Tenor's watching the pregame show anyway. He's in the yep. chat hanging out. So I'm like, well, yeah, let, let's, let, let's talk a little bit about it. And I want to get his insight of maybe, you know, the, the, the concepts that I was thinking about may pragmatically not be correct or whatever, but eventually, yep. you know, pretty much he said, like, no, no, you're absolutely right. And for me to program this uh, is not... That complicated, but it involves me hanging around on Saturday nights that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Common common theme, I think, for a lot of players. Like a lot of play, players who are capable of doing it are still going to choose not to because it's Saturday night. People are people are busy. Yep. And I think like for me, I'm like, it's probably easier if you're like young and single. You can just like not worry. Like you probably don't have as many plans on Saturday night. But then uh, I suppose those are those people who need to be making plans on Saturday night. Uh, I mean, depending on personality, do you see, I guess. Do you but see DFS players? I, I have. I, I'm aware of DFS players being relatively free on Saturdays. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I'm like, what does this matter? Right. What plans do I have? I have nothing. You don't have. You don't have. Pl- I mean, you have. You have your wrestling every Saturday. You're going to new wrestling events every Saturday. Not Saturdays. No. Oh, okay. Not on Saturdays. No, it's never. No, it's typically Wednesdays or Sundays. Okay. Or something. I, I went on Friday. They the impact was here locally. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no. But if I if I needed to, I would go. I would go. I would go on. I would go to wrestling on Saturday and take a slate off. That's perfectly fine. But it's like, I don't view Saturday night as like we're going out on the town, me and you. It's like no. This is more like hey, we can sit on. The I mean, we're not, not usually sports. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not going out on the town typically. But like we, <laughs> I'd say more Saturdays than not, we've got plans with friends. Uh, so it's and you don't got we, kids. We keep busy. No kids. Yeah. Right. So so, you're you're going out on the town. You don't have to get a babysitter or whatever. Yeah. Right. Going out on the town, being like dinner with friends. You know. Right. I don't I'm know not like going out, out clubbing. Out on the town yeah. would be or something like that. Me. Yeah. I don't have any friends and I don't go out. <laughs> so perfect. What, what else am I? Doing? Perfect for you. Right. Perfect. Winning money. Winning thirty thousand a weekend probably. Right. Right. My 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 wife's perfectly fine with that. I mean, I I said I won. The thing about my wife. With uh, with sweats, my wife, my wife has told me she doesn't want to sweat. Yep. Right. She she doesn't she doesn't enjoy that. So yeah. like the last fight last night, it's on, and I'm like I need either I need Kennedy to put up less than one ten, Kudalaba less than sixty seven, and basically I'm rooting for nothing to happen. I'd love the fight to go to the third round because pretty yep. much the whole thing busts kind of by then. But my wife is like, she doesn't want to know that's what I need. Just like, yeah. don't say anything. And I'm not the type of person that jumps up and down. I could just watch. It looks like I'm just watching the fight. Uh, and then after that, then tell me what it is. Because she does Because to her, it's like, it's like, oh, if this happens, I win this. Like, all, all of a sudden, it's like, in her head, the money's already here. So right. anything else that happens is all, is is... Like if oh if it comes through she's not excited because it's like right. oh I oh, I thought that would happen anyway and if yep. it doesn't happen you're like now and now I'm upset right yep. so it's like don't tell me anything 
So then once, obviously, everything came in, I'm like, oh, I won. Oh, okay. Like, how much? I go, 30000 Oh! It's Can I get weekend. stuff from my Amazon wish list? Like, that's, yeah. like, like, literally, like, the, like just... Like, yeah. I got stuff on the Amazon. Like, how much? Like, just a couple hundred bucks. I right, go get it. There you go. Done. There you go. There. The first that's... rule of DFS. People really don't get it. That is the first rule of DFS. You win, Share. you bribe your, your significant other. It yeah. is the most important thing, because if you do not do that... You will not get, you will only hear shit about why you're spending so much time making lineups and doing content and watching shit and whatever. But once the, once it's like, oh, you know that trip to Hawaii? Yeah, that was that. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Take all the time you need. Take all yep. the time you need. <laughs> yep, good advice. Is your wife like that? Uh, no, I mean, not, not really. My, my wife is... Uh, from a from a salary standpoint, at least she's the breadwinner of the family. She makes she makes good money, so she's not you know counting on any any money from me. Oh, but so you know, it's still it is it is so nice. You're the deadbeat now. I'm the deadbeat. Oh, for sure. I've always been the deadbeat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, I mean, even even when I was a lawyer, she was making more money than I was. Uh, but you know, it's still nice to be able to you know spend it on the hot tub. Like we got a new hot tub, and it was expensive uh, with, with DFS winnings and stuff like that. So you know, what what, what is she still doing nice. for a living? Uh, she works as a marketer at 3M. Okay. I'm not wearing any of my 3M stuff right now. I've got the the Scotch Bright hat that I wear all the time. I've got a shirt that I wear all the time that uh, we're just free from her. Is there a DFS equivalent to her where she comes home? It's like the new campaign, fourteen percent profit. I got a bonus, and then that's like winning a GPP or not. It doesn't kind work of like that. not not exactly. I mean, she she does get like uh, have incentive plans and stuff, but uh, yeah, not not exactly the same as DFS. Right. So when you see 3M commercials or anything on, you're not like like. You're not you're not sweating her stuff, her work. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't get that sweat. Sadly, I don't get that secondhand sweat. Right. But much different than my wife, who's up at uh, three in the morning talking to mentally unstable people on the phone. Yeah, that's a it's a different kind of job. Right, and it, a lot of stress there. Definitely not the. She does the more important work than me and gets paid like garbage. Right. Yep. yep. Welcome to the welcome to the world. Right. It's like I'm the breadwinner, the guy that. That uh, wake wakes up at, at at ten thirty in the morning, rolls out of bed in the pajamas, yells at people on YouTube, yep. and then uh, puts soccer players in a lineup or UFC fighters from a spreadsheet, and that's what that and that's the breadwinner. And then you have the suicide prevention counselor saving people's lives, going, uh, yeah, only have this job for the healthcare. That's a, that's a, that's yep. about as valuable as the job. Yep, that's uh, that's a sad state of affairs. I don't even want to say just the U.S. It's probably everywhere in the country, everywhere in the world. I mean, probably uh, fairly similar. Not getting paid well for a lot of uh, social work. Okay, so player Q DFS on Twitter, Neil Orfield. As long as Twitter is alive. Uh, who's who's your next guest? I I haven't listened to the Degenerate uh, seventy five episode. Who's who's coming up? Who's coming up next? Well, Neil froze, so either he's dead or the show's over. Are you back? Nope, he's dead. So for Neil, I'm Jordan Cooper. It's been another episode. <laughs>
of the theory of daily fantasy sports. Hey, you're back. I my my I don't know what you heard. Uh, ben Ross is up next. My my entire screen froze for some reason. Oh, okay, I was about to ex. I was about to stop the show or, or outro or whatever like that. I'm not gonna edit this out because I'm 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 I'm. Who cares? Nobody let, cares. Let people on the podcast or whatever go. Oh, it's just whatever. You're gonna miss what the last minute of you telling who what Ben what Ben Rossa. Yeah, Ben Ross is up next. Okay, so you basically ran out of guests, so you need to go in-house. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of people asking for Ben Rossa. Uh, yeah, he's, he's interesting because he's a, uh, a gambling guy, not just DFS, but sports betting. Uh, so it'll be it'll be a fun. And he's I, I always enjoy his shows, so it'll be fun to have Ben Ross on. Okay, so now that everyone knows that, listen to the High Stakes Podcast and get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Remember, the advanced course is out. Ten chapters, new chapters of audio. And also the Excel tools that James McCool has developed and constantly updates. You get the portfolio trimmer, correlation matrix, the lineup simulators, everything. Go to theoryofdfs.com. Go check it out.